everyone? Tyler Tambaline here, aka Totag and Tambo. You can find me on Twitter at that same handle, and I'm excited to be here on the Mayo Media Network doing a show with my guy. I'm going to bring him in here in a second, but going to give you guys a quick rundown of how we're going to do this. So this is going to be a prize picks DraftKings show. We are talking week one here, the NFL. Excited that football's back. Can't wait to get into it with you guys. It's going to be all season long. We're going to be doing this. A lot of good promos, a lot of good info here. But today, how it's going to be broken down is we're going to do prize picks first. We're certainly going to talk about some plays over there. I've got a couple. My main man here has got a couple. And then we're going to go DraftKings position by position. So a lot of good info. I actually feel really good for a week one. And I'm excited to bring my guy in, JT Hayes. How you doing, JT? What's going on? I'm doing great, Tambo. It's it's just I love working with the Mayo Media Network, man. I mean, it's Thursday night show. It's going to be great. We've got, obviously, content every single day of the week. I was watching Pat's breakdown earlier today of his position by position rankings. Great stuff there. We're going to have a Sunday morning Q&A with the subscribers on YouTube. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'll jump in there a couple of times every month. And then the biggest thing I think that I love about Pat Mayo, the Mayo Media Network, everybody here is the creativity. And obviously we're aligned with prize picks and He's got this great idea, this great contest that's going on all season long at prizepix.com. You already know because you're watching, you're a subscriber, you've liked all these videos, that if you use code MMN, you get a deposit match up to $100. He's got something where it's five picks every week. Your picks have to equal, your bets have to equal $7.11. 7.11, five picks all season long and gives you site credits for the champions at the end of the year. 3,000 for first place, 1,500 for second, and so on and so on. So five picks every week. The bet has to be $7.11. That's how Prize Picks is going to know that it's for the Mayo Media Network contest. Just some awesome stuff. And, of course, you can use the information that we're giving you every week to win first place, perhaps. Yeah, and if you guys haven't signed up, that contest is certainly a reason to. But one more reason, and remember, when you sign up, to use promo code MMN. Mayo Media Network, sign up with that. They are going to drop a line in there tomorrow for a prop bed where Patrick Mahomes over on his yardage, 0.5. So free money is what I call that, JT. And that's what I would suggest you guys do. Hop on there and sign up for that. Uh, another unique thing about this show, just so you guys know, JT Hayes and myself both also work for Run Pure Sports. So we've got a little bit of a, a back and forth there, a little bit of a chemistry. We'll be able to go through some of the same stuff, and there will be some follow-ups that you guys can check us out on as well. So we'll mention more about that later in the show, but let's hop right into this, JT. I'm excited. It's week one. I want to get into this. You mentioned the contest. I mean, we're both given two to three picks every week. You need to pick five. You can definitely run off of this. So let, let, me, get you, let me get you to start us off here. What, what do you got this week for your prize picks, picks of the week, and tell me why? Yeah, so week one's always a little bit tough, right? You've got players moving to new teams. You've got a bunch of new coaches in the NFL every season. But there's a couple this week that stood out to me. And one in particular is Robbie Anderson going back to face his old team, the New York Jets. They've now got Sam Darnold. I've got my Jets uh, sweatshirt on, my hoodie on. The reason why is I wanted to pick the piece of article of clothing of one of the worst organizations that I could find in my house. And so here it is, the New York Jets. They've been just terrible, but they may be headed in the right direction with Robert Saleh. I love the hire. But this was one of the softest matchups for opposing wide receivers last year. Jets difficult to run on. Obviously, Panthers have Christian McCaffrey. But I like the over here for Robbie Anderson. I think Sam Darnold is going to turn his career around. And like I said, one of the softest matchups. It is over 63 and a half receiving yards for Robbie Anderson. I just think it's a good matchup. I think it's a, it was, like I said, a soft matchup last year for opposing wide receivers. And I think that there's a little bit of extra motivation with Robbie playing against a team that didn't want to give him the extension, didn't want to pay him. And man, it looks like that was a bad decision, right? It looks like that was a uh, a normal Jets decision, and I think he's going to do well here. I think 63 and a half, that's two long passes from Sam Darnold. I think he's going to get over that easily. The other one, and I struggled with the second one because there's a lot of – Price Picks did a really good job. There's a lot of lines that, to me, look really, really accurate, like it's real close one way or the other. And the other one I'm going to go with is Calvin Ridley over 77 and a half yards. Now, 
obviously Philly coming down into Atlanta. Philly was a good matchup too for opposing wide receivers late in the season. Obviously they've got a new head coach, but the Falcons do too. So I'm going to put my trust in Arthur Smith. I'm going to put my trust in him being able to find Matt Ryan just enough time to scheme just well enough. There have been some great reports out of camp, even though we didn't see a lot or almost any of Kyle Pitts in the preseason. Looks like he's lining up at different places. They've got Mike Davis now. We know what he did for Derrick Henry's career. There's no question that Derrick Henry is a monster talent, and Mike Davis is not equal to that. But I am going to think, based on what I saw out of this Falcons team during the preseason, this is more of an offensive matchup. This is more of a shootout-type game. I actually think the over-under here is low, and I think that the volume that Calvin Ridley is going to see over the course of the last seven games last season – only two games under double-digit targets. I think Matt Ryan's going to be able to find him enough. I certainly believe the volume's going to be there, and I think Kyle Pitts is going to take enough attention away to let him do some damage here against this Eagles defense. Yeah, you would certainly hope that they pay attention to Kyle Pitts. Otherwise, he's going to have himself a day in his own right. I don't hate the pick at all. I think, you know, the first pick, I love the second pick with Ridley. I teased you a little bit earlier off air. I know we were chatting. I said, oh, don't do it. Uh, and the only reason is, and we'll talk about it when we get into the DraftKings position by position, is he's going to be popular. There is other ways to go about it. But we're going to talk about that on this very show. So uh, I like it. The other thing, obviously, and you mentioned a little bit of it, but with no Julio, if you look at the stat lines for Calvin Ridley with no Julio last year, they were incredible. Every single game without him, he got there. Sometimes it took a little bit, you know, maybe not till the third quarter, the fourth quarter, but he always found a way. You mentioned it, volume alone. Uh, let me hop into mine. I got a couple, and I'm similar to you the in the sense that I'm going with two receivers. I'm actually going with two overs. The first one, though, I love. The second one, a little bit more risky, but I'll talk about it. The first one is Mike Williams. So he's got an over. This is his number here, 37 and a half. I feel like this is a smash. This is one of my favorite plays. Uh, it is my favorite play, I should say, on the entire site. I just think the risk versus reward and the upside that you get with that is too much. Uh, literally, this is one play from a guy like Mike Williams. He's talented. I know they've got other guys. I'll talk about Eckler in a second. He's a possibility. And there was, I know he was on and off the injury report with a hamstring, but looks and sounds like he'll be good to go at least for week one here. But just, that's just a potential. And I'm not looking for that reason. I'm saying that would be the potential for maybe why you get a few more targets Mike Williams way. But if you look at, you know, first off, I was looking at the quarterback, the team in general, you've got a rookie of the year quarterback in Justin Herbert. He's got a capable quarterback to get him the ball. Uh, Lombardi comes over from the Saints. Uh, has already talked about working the best talent, working the guys that are good. We know Mike Williams is good. We've seen him shine at times. And, you know, a couple more things. They were talking about that one with the, with Lombardi coming over about being sort of the Michael Thomas role for this team. And I think that's definitely a possibility. You say, well, that's kind of short this, short that. It's only 37 and a half. It could be four catches and he's there. He's at 37 and a half, four 10-yard catches. Boom, you've got it. Uh, the second part is the Eckler piece. If he is in any way hampered whatsoever, you look at you know this team, this LA team, wanting to check down, things like that, looking for options. Think about how they use Keenan Allen. Williams could be used the same way on the outside, though. So I, I just think racking it up is going to come quick. Now, my second play, I feel, is more like your Ridley play. Lower number I got to go up against. Uh, maybe a uh, you know, similar talented quarterback. And I'm going with Deontay Johnson, over 58 and a half. Uh, this one, like I said, a little bit more scary. The drops, if you will, that he's had, you know, the last year. But the thing about the drops was that if you watched the games and just paid attention to the box score and saw the targets and the opportunities he was still getting, Big Ben trusted him. He would still go back to him. I think there was one game where they, you know, Tomlin pulled him and said, look, kid, you're done. I mean, you, what that's to be expected with him coming into the league, that sort of thing. He's still very young. Give him some opportunities. But 58 and a half does not take too much to hit. If you're racking up 10 plus targets, like I think he will. Uh, the other side of it, the last piece and why it makes me feel just a little bit better, JT, and then I'll get your thoughts, is that Big Ben, the Steelers in general, notorious for being poor on the road. That's the conversation piece. You go up in against a very tough Bills team, a Bills team people are you know already hailing to get deep into the playoffs, get to the Super Bowl, Josh Allen MVP. You're hearing all of these things. I do think that that could lead to a few more targets. They're a dog. They're down. They're on the road. They just keep peppering him. 58 and a half kind of makes me feel a little bit better at the end of that. So any, any thoughts on mine there before we move on to the DraftKings position by position? Yeah, I think when you talk about Mike Williams, obviously that number, given what his talent equity is capable of, seems very low, 37 and a half. 
obviously yeah, a lot of variables there, right? We saw Austin Eckler. He may be injured. That's a great point. I don't think he practiced yesterday. So that's something to keep an eye on for people that are thinking about him this week as well. And 37 and a half, way too low, especially if Eckler is limited in any way, but also because you're going to have the top cornerbacks there on Keenan Allen, right? So all of the attention or a lot of the attention is going to be there. And we know that Mike Williams can stretch the field on Deontay Johnson. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what the Steelers do because they're talking now that they've got Najee Harris that, Hey, they're going to run the ball a lot more. They're going to start to transition, maybe Ben Roethlisberger into more of a game manager. But I agree with your point that there's almost no way that the Steelers team isn't playing from behind almost most of this game, if not all of this game. So I think betting on the most explosive receiver that the Steelers have is certainly not a terrible way to go on prize picks on Sunday. Yeah, I like it. Uh, you know, I could argue a little bit there that last point because I'm a Canadian, right? To let that be known right now. But uh, Chase Claypool is pretty explosive as well. And he scares me a little bit to take away from that. But I do feel like he is just a little bit more of, uh, like you mentioned, an explosive play away from, yes, he takes some away. But on that next drive, like I said, just if Deontay Johnson gets the targets, I'm not as concerned about the drops as most. You can find a way to get past them at a whole offseason to get after it. I think there's a way there. So that'll wrap it up for prize picks. We are going to hop into the DraftKings position by position. We'll mention some stacks. We are, Like I said, we're going to go quarterback, running back, wide receiver tight end we'll drop a few hints on defense here at the end but stacks will sort of be incorporated throughout feel free jt if you want to mention any along the way uh, as far as fades go i'm going to talk a little strategy at each position when i flip it back and forth between us just to give you guys you know sort of my thoughts going into week one i obviously play a lot of fantasy football daily fantasy football in general on both DraftKings, FanDuel, etc so I'm, I'm trying to give you the best insight i possibly can what i'm putting my actual money behind but for quarterback jt i want to talk about it quick because first week week one usually quite spread out for ownership and why that is everybody's got their favorites everybody's got their narratives etc etc um it's just even more in week one right there's just so much of that uh, another thing is and i know it's been sort of proven for millie makers and stuff but proven on what five years sample size like i get it it's enough slates you can make something up about it but you know paying down typically is what we see work but it is kind of interesting on this week that almost you know it seems like anyway everyone is talking about guys that are cheap but then we have all the cheap wide receivers on DraftKings, so do you really need those and i'll bring that up later when we talk about another position in the tight end spot where i'll bring some stuff up there as far as it relates to that but what are your thoughts on the quarterback position in general what your thoughts are for the slate and then give me a couple of your plays for quarterback on DraftKings this week yeah <clears throat> i was a little surprised to see the the low ownership numbers across the board at quarterback like you said pretty much spread out with um, you know, obviously people are going to have Mahomes, but it's nowhere near what he should be owned in this matchup against the Cleveland Browns. You've got Kyler Murray in a great matchup against the Tennessee Titans, but guys who are lower earned, lower owned, like Ryan Tannehill in a matchup against the Cardinals who play very quickly. Tannehill now obviously you have Derrick Henry there, but Art Smith is gone, and this offense may look a little bit different in terms of the spread out between rushing and passing but even with Derrick Henry last year you saw that A.J. Brown and Corey Davis were always it was always one or the other or sometimes both having big games as well now obviously when Henry rushes for 200 yards it's going to limit the ceilings of those other guys but with Arizona now you bring Julio Jones in A.J. Brown maybe we're not sure it looks like he's fully healthy but it may be a little limited coming back from that surgery so I mean both those guys uh, underpriced there and weapons for Ryan Tannehill. A couple of other guys, Jalen Hurts, that I like in this matchup a bit against the Falcons. I think the Falcons' offense has improved. Their defense looks exactly the same as it was last season. Earlier in the season, they were playing really, really fast, and they got shredded defensively. When they made the coaching change, they played much slower, and that helped the defense because they just weren't allowing the opposition to run as many plays. I think this is going to be an offense that goes a little bit more quickly than it did the second half of last year. So we're going to see this be a, a good, I think, target for both opposing quarterbacks as well as opposing offenses. And with Jalen Hurts, you have so much rushing equity here and rushing touchdown equity in particular that I like him quite a bit. And then one other guy, I mean, there's a bunch here, right? There's a bunch of lower price guys, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield in a game that's one of the highest totals on the week. But 
I don't think many people are going to play Matt Ryan. I think people are looking at him and saying, well, we think he's kind of done. But if Art Smith is able to scheme his way and to get guys like Ridley and get guys like Pitts open and give Matt Ryan just a little bit more time than he had last year, it doesn't matter. We know he's a statue in the pocket and he's not moving at 6K. I think that price could be a little bit too cheap on DraftKings. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of my guys, and I don't think it's a bad thing that we're on the same page here. Uh, just back to the original point of the the spread ownership. If I'm playing quarterbacks, the way I typically will do it, you know, 150 lineups, I might run six quarterbacks for the week, and that's it. And so it won't matter to me when I've got the percentages of all of them, right? Some of them will be at 20, and then one down from there, a couple down from there. So that that's kind of how I look at it. And you know, Kyler Murray, the first guy that sticks off the page. When I want quarterbacks on DraftKings, I want guys that can do it all. We know he can rush. He can throw, he can bomb it, he can chuck it down low, he can find guys, and of course he can rush in for his own touchdowns. He was right there, him and Lamar Jackson are the two that you would expect to have the most rushing touchdowns. So uh, he can definitely get it more ways than one. Uh, to me, that's him. The The matchup here is just a bonus. Tennessee certainly will give up the points still. Uh, you know, they're going to score too, so that's what makes this a great game stack. But I think that, you know, with his scrambling and everything that he's got going on, there's ways you can pair him up. Uh, I kind of like your Tannehill, Tannehill call on the other side a little bit because, like you said, you sort of just go with that and go the opposite way if everyone's going to do it. I'll bring up another point later when we get to wide receiver on a way I think you can use Kyler Murray. I, I'm going to kind of tie that in, though, because you mentioned Hurts. I was thinking, Ryan, and when I was coming on the show, I was going to ask you, Ryan Hurts, you know, what's your opinion? You gave both, so I love it. But the thing about Hurts, this is what I like here, and this is getting into just sort of some game theory or how I would build it up, is – we know, and I mentioned to you earlier during your prize picks portion about Ridley. We know his ownership's going to be there. We know Kyle Pitts is a beast and his ownership is going to be there. I think when most average or casual players go out and build their lineups this week, JT, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on thought process, but I think they go out and say, well, shoot, if I got these two, I better just plug in Matt Ryan. And I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I see happen now is now we get Devontae Smith as the run it back. And you just start piling in all the guys that everyone is on. You only have so many spots to differentiate. Of course, you can get really different in the other spots, but I'm just saying you have a tougher time leveraging when you're on the same stack route as everyone else. So one thing I really like here with Hertz is I, I do think you could go with Hertz, Ridley, and Pitts. And the idea is it's the exact same stack as Ryan, Ridley, and Pitts, but you now have Hertz who you can get there that can definitely beat Ryan just based on the ground. If you were going to play him naked, you're kind of just doing it in a more unique way. Any thoughts on that? And then I got a bonus quarterback that's pretty disgusting, but I'm still going to bring him up. <laughs> There's a couple. Listen, I'm not going to say no to anything. Week one, crazy things happen. And the pricing is, like you said, it's inefficient this week. I like that a lot. And it, it's funny because, and I'll tell the people, because I can make fun of myself. I was running around this morning. I knew I had to get my prize picks in. <clears throat> and I saw the line on Jalen Rager. And I was like, man, that looks pretty low. Same, same thought you had about Mike Williams. Obviously, much different talents, much different levels of success last year in particular. And, you know, you kind of ribbed me a little bit. And I looked into it a little bit more. And I said, wait a second, why am I – why am I going to focus on a wide receiver that has so many other options? And he's going to get vultured by his own quarterback. Those rushes, those things that Jalen Hurts can do, the fact that they have Goddard and Ertz, and you talked about the new rookie that they have. He's got so many weapons. If you're going to play Hurts, I actually like the idea of playing him naked. And I, I think that game is going to go overlooked. I think that the Falcons and Eagles game is, like I said, I like the over on it. And I think that that's a pretty contrarian way to play because if guys are going to play Ridley and Pitts, they're going to figure, hey, I may as well just slot in Matt Ryan. I think for 400 more, you get Hurts, you get all that rushing equity, the touchdown equity. I actually like that a lot. So I'm really interested, though, to hear about this disgusting quarterback because there were a couple ones that I looked at and I'm like, could I, could I in 150 lineups? Yeah, you can go a lot of different ways this week. Yeah, this one is pretty bad for sure. But I guess the reason I'll bring it up is just because I really like this guy. And I, and I talked a little bit about Mike Williams earlier. He can definitely be the run it back in this stack. But I'm talking about what most people call Ryan 
Fitzmagic. I call him Fitzmaniac because this guy will literally run through a brick wall of a linebacker for his team to try and get in the box. And then you see the big red smear across his forehead when he takes the helmet off after he got in because that's just what he does. The thing is, listen, I, I've seen this guy get there with the Dolphins. That's why his teammates loved him so much. They'll sell out for him. And he was catching up with guys there with, I'm not going to say less talent, but there was, you know, limited talent. It was the Dolphins. And I'm not saying Washington football team is that much better. I'm just saying there's guys like Gibson, who will be a good segue in a minute. Obviously, you know where I'm going there. Uh, Logan Thomas at tight end. There, there's different plays there that, that the Chargers sort of just get beat with that and when you got a guy like Fitzpatrick coming in I think why not look for the safety and the and the easy plays dink and dunk with a guy like Gibson I know I'm giving it away already to the next position we're going to but when you got Rivera there they're talking about Ron Rivera that is we're talking about CMC like volume possibilities more catches he's electric with the ball in his hands they should get him the ball more it's not like Derrick Henry either where we know when you you know you say get Derrick Henry more passes well it's tough when he takes every rush 80 yards. How can they continue to get him more passes? He's already in the box. Like, you can't. It's, it's just tough to do. So I do think Fitzpatrick is interesting just because he's cheap. No one will go there. We're talking the $5 Millie maker with a million people. Have four or five stacks with this. He's a wild man. He can definitely rush it in. You can run him, Gibson, Thomas, run it back with Williams because now Herbert has to go deep. That's completely contrarian. And you can fill your lineup out with whoever you want after that based on ownership projections, in my opinion. Any thoughts? on my guy there and anybody else you want to throw into the mix. Yeah, I, I think a large field. We've seen, we saw this team last year, the Charger team, that is not a whole lot different. We saw them in shootouts the entire second half of the season in that AFC West. We saw them in Vegas. I think they lost a game in overtime or right at the end of the fourth quarter there. That was like a 34-31 game, something like that. I think the defense is a little bit overrated there. Obviously, you have, you have the Bosa kid there, but you know what? Look, we've seen where this defense can give up a lot of points. And look, Ron Rivera created something very good in Carolina. And if he's trying to recreate that, and I am with you on Antonio Gibson in particular this week, I think that offense is going to be pretty much overlooked completely. Seeing the ownership numbers on guys like Gibson and Thomas, not Thomas a little bit more, but even Terry McLaurin, seeing low ownership there and it's pretty interesting to me so definitely in large field i think that's absolutely a way to go and if you want to go there in higher dollar you know you're going to be one of the only people that are doing that yeah and don't forget about chase young he can certainly set up some short fields for them and that leads me to my next segue uh where should i go i could have double segued here because i'm going to talk about chase edmonds so i could have chased to chase but I'll go to Antonio Gibson first, just finish my thoughts, because I think it's easier. Uh, I do like that. You mentioned Bosa. They've got pass rushers, no doubt. But I think what the one thing we know, the place they get beaten, like you said, not much has changed, is that the pass rush is strong. They can get beat over the middle. This will be a theme on today's show, at least, where I do like that. And like I said, I like everything that Gibson has to offer. We talked about Ron Rivera. They've talked about the CMC-type role. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. Again, we're taking a lot of risks and banking on these things in week one that don't, don't won't necessarily happen. But a lot of other things won't happen like they're supposed to, supposed to either. So you do have to keep an eye on that kind of stuff. I'm going to go with the talent. I like Antonio Gibson. I think he's good. I think he's shifty. You get the ball in his hands. He looks electric to me. So I'm going to roll with him. Uh, the chase to chase. Chase Edmonds is who I'm going with here. And it's a little bit unique in the sense that, again, going back to the Kyler stack, I will still have another thought on it when I get to the who well, now I'm giving it away. The wide receiver play that I go with. Uh, obviously, it's Julio Jones. I let it slip there. But uh, Chase Edmonds, the thing I like about it is it's the same script we already talked about above. This Arizona-Tennessee game will be popular. You have to find ways to get different within it. And this is a, a spot I think you could find. Uh, Kyler will have to scramble. There's a check down option. Chase Edmonds, good legs, fast, shifty as well. I think he makes a lot of sense. Uh, can find him with his wheels and he can find his way to the box. So I think using something like that, here's an example is if you want to go Kyler, Chase Edmonds, and then have your wide receiver, even if it is AJ Brown, and you think he's fully healthy. And he, I mean, he hasn't practiced, but it's, Week one, a lot of guys don't practice and come out and do their thing. I'm not really that worried. Keep an eye on it. We'll have all that stuff over at Run Pure Sports where we follow up on those things over the weekend. But I do think that even if you want to run it back with A.J. Brown or, or Derrick Henry and, and be a little bit more on the more popular guys, I don't think as many will stack Kyler Murray with Chase Edmonds as they will with a Hopkins or a Rondale Moore, who's going to be a great play this week, I think, very popular. But that's where I'm saying you can get different. with. You could have Kyler... Edmonds more 
and run it back with a guy that maybe not as many people will be on, like Julio, when I talk about him during the wide receiver section. But give me your running backs first, JT. Talk to me about it. Are you? Let me first ask you, are you concerned at all about Edmund's share of that pie in that backfield now that James Conner is there? Are you, are you at all concerned that, hey, Edmonds may be a great play, the backfield may be a great play in particular against this Titans team, but they may actually split carries, or do you think that's a bunch, a bunch of coach talk, coach speak, that isn't really going to come out, and Chase Edmonds, obviously they gave him a lot of money, is their guy? Yeah, I, I actually do have a little bit of concern, but I'll tell you why not as much week one. And again, this is all pertinent to the slate we're playing, the prices, the game that we play, a salary, the game within the game, if you will, when you talk to DraftKings, but it makes sense. His price accounts for it. When I'm talking about building and I'm being very clear on how my builds will look, that's why I like him because of how I think he'll be used. What I think about James Conner, what I think what you mentioned there makes a lot of sense, but I think goal line back, power, strength. So yes, if Chase Edmonds dinks and dunks on a check down and takes it 60 yards and gets knocked down at the one, that sucks because guess who's most likely to go take the breather and guess who's most likely to pop in and grab the touchdown is the the share, right, that he's got with James Conner. But I do think that's the only worry I have, and I do think the price is baked in with Chase Edmonds. Very valid point, but that's why I'm still okay with how I'm using him. And that's we talk about this all the time, but I, I think this is one thing to mention that will know about me at least, and I know you're a tournament player, JT. We talk about a lot of the same things or at least the same methods. This is why you hear some of the best of the best or the sharpest in the industry. Make sure you know it's not always about – who you play, it's about how you play them and who we're playing against. We're playing against a field of a million people, plus in that $5 this week, I'm sure some overlay, which is a great reason to get over and hop in, but it's how you play Chase Edmonds and not just who are the plays. Does he make sense as a play? Well, I don't know. What does the rest of your lineup look like? How's your build going about things? What's your game script or things like that, depending on the slate? Uh, any further thoughts on that? And then otherwise, yeah, definitely give me your plays there. No, I agree. I, I think I think it's interesting. I think Chase Edmonds is going to be low on because I think people are going to be concerned about that very specific topic. But then again, Chase Edmonds wasn't really owned very highly for most of last year, and he was taking carries away from Kenyon Drake. So uh, they gave him the contract. He is their guy, and I think they brought James Conner in just to be that security blanket there. As far as running backs, you talked about the savings that we're going to have at wide receiver the savings that we're going to have at tight end. And I actually think we're going to be able to save some money at defense as well with some of the teams and some of the rookie quarterbacks and some of the teams that are offensively just disasters that are in, you know, interesting matchups for the defense. So if I'm paying up this week, I think it's got to be Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook with a matchup against the Bengals. We know that Mike Zimmer, even though he has the offensive weapons to have a run and shoot offense, doesn't really like that doesn't really prefer that. A lot of reports out of camp say that he wants to slow it down quite a bit. He wants to make Dalvin Cook, once again, his guy. And week one, there's no better time to do that. Fully healthy going against this Bengals team that just isn't very good. It's just not going to be very good. The rebuilding, the offense is much better than the defense. So I like Dalvin Cook here a lot. I don't mind at that similar price point guy that's probably going to be somewhat popular as well as Alvin Kamara against Green Bay. I don't know how many people are going to play him, but with them releasing Latavius with the changes there. And honestly, with Jameis Winston, I'm kind of excited to see Jameis Winston again under center. It looks like he's kind of gotten over some of the issues that led to Tampa Bay letting him go. And I think that's going to be an interesting offense to watch. It's going to be a great game to watch. It's going to be one of the, I think one of the late games that I'm really interested to see. But then you look a little bit lower. And I think in, in that same game, it's not in, it's not an offensive play in terms of it's a great offense, but been reports that Joe Burrow is still nursing a little bit of discomfort, still taking a little bit longer, which is no surprise, right? Massive, massive surgery reconstruction. I think Joe Mixon is, is going to be probably more popular than I would like him to be, but I actually don't mind it here. I do think that he's got that catch capability, the capability of out, out of the backfield. And I think that when Burrow's under fire, He's going to be looking for those guys, right? Three to five yards in front of him just to get rid of the ball. And then we talked about it earlier, Antonio Gibson. It is a little concerning that he's not seeing almost any third down work. But then again, we know the way Ron Rivera works. This could be one of those things where you're not going to see it in preseason and you may see it in the beginning of the season. So those guys are some guys that I have my eye on. Obviously, this whole pool is going to filter down. Some guys may go out. Some guys may come in. That's why... At Run Pure Sports, use RPS NFL 15. I think you have until just Saturday 
to use that code for 15% off of your lifetime subscription. And Tambo, you and I, we're going to be doing a show on Saturday as well, talking about Off the Chalk, where we'll have the almost final ownership projections and we can talk about who we think is going to be popular and maybe should be a fade, et cetera, et cetera. So looking forward to that as well. Yeah, I love that. That's a perfect segue for wide receiver because I think that's one of the positions. Uh, last last point on running back. Run, I was going to finish that point, but wide receiver, one of the things is there, the chalk often fails just because there's so many options throughout. You've got tight ends, you've got running backs, you've got three other wide receivers. Typically, if they've got three or four on the roster that they'll actually utilize where you can get off that one guy that everyone's on. Like I said, there's a lot of guys. You've Everyone that's watching this has had this happen. If they played DFS where they're on someone and they're like, oh, of course it's that guy. Or it's like just tonight as we're recording this live, Gronkowski gets in. You know he's Tom Brady's boy, but you're setting up for OJ Howard's coming back or Brait and you get all those guys in your lineup. And then, of course, he goes back to the old trusty Gronk, who we thought would be run blocking early on in the season. So, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh, back to running back, one quick point of just overall slate strategy, generalities. I think you mentioned it. You know, the, everyone's paying down at wide receiver. It means they're probably paying up at running back. But the reason I don't have a problem with that, and this goes with the wide receiver thought of the wide receiver chalk usually being a little bit of trouble throughout the weeks, maybe not always in week one, but just in general, oftentimes it fails. Running back does not fail as often. If you go back and check the numbers, run them. I go through all this stuff every week. You can do it. We've got a week in review as well that we do on Run Peer Sports. We'll certainly have that on Mondays and, and go through all that. But I do think that's something to look out for. So I have no problem putting the Dalvin Cooks of the world, the you know CMC, you mentioned Kamara, Kamara all these guys, whatever you want to call it. I think that's kind of where I'm at with it. Let's go to wide receiver though, because this is what I want to talk about. I brought him up earlier, Julio Jones. Uh, I just think... It's almost like, I think it's $200 difference to go to A.J. Brown. And I just think people naturally, regardless of injury status or whatever, they'll just say he's good. He's the alpha. They just brought Julio in because, but you forget how good Julio actually is. He's a freak. He can catch a ball on the outside. It's game over. He's got it for 60 yards and boom, he's got that on one catch. And then next play is for 40. And there he's got the bonus. And now he's getting in the box. And you're like, how does this guy do it on three catches? Even if it is late in the third quarter, you're never out of it with Julio. And I know people say never Julio hashtag never Julio, but I think it's a different scenario here. I think it makes a lot of sense. And he was what I was bringing up earlier. Like I said, if you want to be different with your Kyler stacks or even with your Tannehill stacks, who you brought up, use him instead of AJ Brown. It's kind of that simple. And just to try and at least switch it up a little bit there and be unique in that sense. Uh, other than that, I think, like I said, that'll be a popular game stack. And then I won't take too much time here. I'll keep it on Mike Williams brought up everything on him earlier, but I just think at 5,500, Again, he's a little bit too cheap. And like I mentioned earlier, put him in that Fitzmagic stack, Fitzmaniac, my guy that goes nuts. Get him. You mentioned all the other guys you can plug in with them and then run him back on the other side. What do you got here at wide receiver, JT? Yeah, I actually coming around to Julio today as I was looking at some of the reports out of the Titans camp. And it looks like it's a perfect opportunity for them to kind of nurse A.J. Brown in a little bit slowly. And basically, Julio's Julio's pissed off, let's be honest. Julio did not get what he wanted from the Falcons. He's angry. I, I honestly, as a Falcons season ticket holder, I, I hope they play, but I hope they don't play each other this year. Um, but I think Julio's on a mission here. When you want to play Julio, it's early in the season. It's the usage and the volume that gets Julio beat up. He's not a he's a tall guy and he's a fast guy, but he's not a particularly big wide receiver, which is why I think he wears down over the course of the season. I think this sets up perfectly for him to have a big game, especially with Brown not practicing. They've got every reason in the world to showcase him here in really a great matchup against an Arizona secondary that was not great last year and is expected to be even weaker this year. So I like that a lot. I talked about Calvin Ridley. I, I obviously, you know, he is, as I'm looking at it now, I, I knew this earlier today, he's going to be if not the most popular, one of the top three most popular wide receivers on the slate. And I still believe in him. I still think that this is a spot where they're going to get him the volume, and I think he can come through. But if we're looking to go a little bit lower, I mean, there's a number of places you go. There's 13 games. There's a bunch of great options. Talked about Robbie Anderson as one of my other plays. One of the things that I think is interesting, and it's frustrating at the same time, right? We're going to see this. A lot. We saw this in baseball with coaches trying to be different. Now we see in San Francisco, Kyle Shanahan, 
He's now got two quarterbacks. He's got a bunch of toys out there. But you've got these receivers in Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk at 5'9 and 5'7 on DraftKings in in one of the best matchups that they're going to have all season long against the Detroit Lions. And I think taking chances on them, I certainly will be taking chances on them at those prices in the Millie Maker, maybe even in some higher dollar stuff. And then one more guy that I'll mention is getting a really good matchup against, man, the New York Giants. I don't think this team is going to be very good. And I think he's underpriced for his talent. I think he's underpriced for the volume he's going to be getting, especially if Noah Fant is significantly injured, hurt his leg during practice. That's Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy, I played him a ton last year. I I ended up, I must have played him more than a lot of other people did because I kept talking about him. And I think he's, even with Teddy Bridgewater, I get it, right? We don't love that. But Jerry Judy at 4'8 on DraftKings is someone that I think I'm going to have probably over the field on easily this week. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I'm a big Judy fan. I'm also a big Debo Samuel fan. I think that's awesome. He's coming back. Should be good to roll here. I think he makes a lot of sense. And that game is kind of sneaky. It's just because no one really wants to go there, right? Wait, the quarterbacks and the new setup. But I, I just think it makes a lot of sense. And I was trying to look up one other stat here just while we were live just to bring it. But uh, I don't have it in front of me. But, yeah, I, I do like that matchup just so we have it. I was going to say uh, I was looking up a Swift stat because I think uh, Swift, DeAndre Swift, in that matchup on the other side of that game, you could have him just catch a bunch of passes and then you've got, you know, plus the ability of what he can do with the ball. And then you've got a guy like Debo or one of those guys coming back the other way. I just think that's a good little way. We're not saying to go crazy and stack this game. Like it's a 45 point total. Uh, San Francisco's on the road, seven and a half point favorites. But I think it's a spot where if you just pick up a couple pieces for cheap, that makes sense. It can allow you to do so much else throughout your lineup. And even if you are a bit more chalky with the rest of your build. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, Let's move on to tight end. Uh, I do want to talk about this because this was the point I brought up earlier, JT. So what happens when everyone has cheap wide receivers and this week we've got a bunch of them and they've got all the money to spend in the world. They go to one tight end and it's pretty obvious and very easy to tell who that is. He's at the very top. They'll have him in Mahomes lineups and they'll have him in every lineup with any quarterback, and that's Travis Kelsey. So I'm curious. I'll let you start off this section here with your couple picks and whatnot, but give me your thoughts first on Travis Kelsey. I guess my thought would be real fast. Just I'm better with the the high-priced running back than I am using Kelsey where he'll be very high-owned. But what are your thoughts on Kelsey and the rest of this position? Yeah, so Kelsey is, I mean, he's almost, he's real damn near the highest-priced player on the entire slate, not just for tight ends, but at his price point on DraftKings 8.3, he is he, he's up there. Now, the, the problem with fading him is this has been a matchup that he's destroyed over the course of the last several seasons. The Cleveland Browns, they notoriously have failed to just cover the tight end at all. And I think he's going to be productive, but I do think that there is some production that we can find at lower price points with better chances and allow us to get maybe that higher priced wide receiver and combine them with the higher priced running back. So obviously Kelsey's in play, but I think he's going to be, I'm seeing somewhere in the neighborhood of 15% ownership on him right now. I think that's low. I think he will come in a little bit higher. As you mentioned, once people start to make lineups, then they get to their tight end. They're like, Oh my goodness, I have $10,000 left. I'm going to go with Kelsey and upgrade one other spot. Right. I think that's what happens here. Yeah. We talked about Kyle Pitts for the Falcons. I mean, haven't seen a lot of him in preseason, but we saw enough of him at the University of Florida to be really excited about what this guy can do. He's almost like guys like Kelsey and Kittle, where he's almost more of a wide receiver. They're going to have other tight ends that they're going to use to block. This guy is an athletic monster, and it's a really good matchup for him against the Eagles. He's just 4-4 on DraftKings. You go a little bit lower that Titans-Arizona game, Ferkser for the Titans at just 3.2. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored. I think that, you know, with Johnny Smith gone, he is likely to be the guy that gets more of the passing routes there. And then in the Minnesota-Cincinnati game, Cincinnati, another team that doesn't cover tight ends particularly well. They don't cover receivers well, but they don't cover tight ends particularly well either. And you've got Tyler Conklin at just 29 so let's say you want to play Conklin or or Pitts or, or even Ferkser in the middle there. 
that gives you a lot of flexibility to go up to tight end, to go up to wide receiver, to go up at the running back position. You want to pair maybe a Dalvin Cook with a Derek Jones, with a Alvin Kamara. I think it's an interesting way that not a lot of people are going to go because you mentioned, I think more people are going to have Kelsey than we think at this point in the week. What other show is giving you Ferkser and Conklin here? I can't tell you like that. You're speaking my language and this is where I'm going with it for more than just one reason. We won't always agree. I just, the thing about it is you mentioned, so that's two very popular games. We already talked about the Minnesota Cincy game, Burrow, the other side, there's all kinds of guys that we didn't even talk about that are going to be wanted that people are going to want to use. You mentioned Mixon. Don't forget the other side with cousins, Jefferson, all these guys that people want to use. I think Conklin makes a lot of sense since he gets beat up there quite often. And then you mentioned too, Ferkser, people may not remember. Jonu went over to the, I believe, the Patriots, right? With Hunter Patriots, Henry, yeah. they, they doubled down with the tight end. So you've got that situation. And now that leaves Ferkser. And it's not exciting. It's not like, oh, you know, I want to play this guy so bad. But what people forget is when we know people are going to be filling their lineups up with these cheap wide receivers, you can get a little bit more unique. We already talked about how the high-priced running backs can work for you. You pop down to a cheap tight end. He doesn't need to break the slate for you if now your three expensive wide receivers, which are a completely different build than the rest of the field, all go for 35. And all these $3,000 guys are at least one of the two or three that people are using bust. They're in big trouble. Even if Ferkser only has 12 to 15, that's a huge week for a guy like him and what he can unlock for potential within your lineup. So that's why I say you're speaking my language. I'm with you on the Kelsey thing. That's why I brought it up. It's just... He's the best. We know it. But if you're going that route, you're going the same way a lot of others are going. So you have to try and build at least a little bit differently elsewhere. I mentioned Logan Thomas earlier. He's a guy I certainly like. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention earlier, sort of my Fitzmaniac conversation, was don't forget how much he loved Mike Gusecki, right? He loved him. And now you've got a guy like Logan Thomas, who when he's healthy and can stay on the field, not, you know, the Jordan Reed-esque type tight end that the situation they're used to. And even he sometimes falls into he's getting open. He's having opportunities. He's getting targets. It all lines up and makes sense. So I do like him. And with that defense coming at him, like I said, he could just be taking the safety checkdowns to Gibson, Thomas, Gibson, Thomas, back and forth. Uh, one other, you know, situation I wanted to bring up, I, I do like Pitts and I had him down because I think it's just going to be a spot where even though he's popular, we could look back and just say, what were we thinking? He's never going to be this cheap again. He's literally a wide receiver one potential. They have Ridley, so not necessarily on that team when you have Ridley, but I'm saying you've got the opportunity still to do it. And there will definitely be games, Mark, my words, pretty obvious to me, where he will beat Ridley. Uh, could even be in week one for all we know. So uh, I think leaving Ridley out of the stack with Pitts, just talking about ways to be a little bit different since we're on the same guy and he's popular. The other thing I would say is just, again, back to my original thought kind of, but using Hertz now, Hertz with Pitts and then nothing else from that game. And just let it be that Hertz does this thing. It's almost like if you were playing him naked, but now you're not. Most people that pit have Pitts have Ridley, have Ryan, have Hertz, have whatever. You, you could do that. One other way, the last one I can think of, and then I'll flip it back to you to talk about defense, JT, and, and give me your thoughts, is one guy we didn't talk about. I'll give a bonus since I mentioned some of the same guys throughout, but uh, Miles Sanders. Atlanta just gives it up against the D, uh, you know, as far as the D is concerned against the running back often. And you've got Miles Sanders right there to separate yourself. But again, Miles Sanders is most certainly a guy that you could use with Hertz. It's almost the same as the scenario I mentioned earlier with some of these, you know, the Kylers with his Edmonds, Hertz, Sanders, Pitts. Who's going to run that stack when you've got Devontae Smith? You mentioned Jalen Rieger, Jalen Squared over there, uh, Ridley. All the other guys people are going to want to use throughout that game. I just think that's, you know, Mike Davis, who could be popular as well. I just think that's going the other side, using them and, and doing it a little bit different that way. What are your thoughts there? And then move us on to defense and we'll get out of here pretty quick. Yeah, two things on Pitts. One, or, or one thing on Pitts, I should say. I think by the end of this season, he's going to be somewhere in that Kittle-Kelsey price range. Maybe not quite as high, but I think you're going to see him well above 4-4. This is just way too cheap if – what, what, what I'm hearing is they're going to use him pretty heavily in this offense. If that happens, 4-4 is an absolute bargain for him. And then the only reason why I didn't mention Miles Sanders is simply because of the concern of how much Jalen Hurts takes away. But if you're going to use him and you want to handcuff him to one of those offensive skill players, I don't think you want to do Goddard or Hurts because you don't exactly know. They could be sharing – uh, routes. They could be sharing snaps, things like that. So I don't mind the call on Miles Sanders just because 
he can catch those short passes and he could be a guy who gets the goal line work. Maybe Hertz doesn't get in on the first time and vice versa. So I just think there's so many points that are going to be scored in that game. Moving on to defense. I mean, it was interesting to me when I looked at ownership projections the first time today to see that the Falcons are projected as the highest owned defense. Obviously it's because they're stone minimum 2k on DraftKings. I don't think I'm going to be going with the Falcons this week. I think that the chances, I don't think that Jalen Hurts is going to throw the ball enough for that defense to be able to make a spectacular type of play where it puts them in the optimal, even at 2k. And like we were talking about where I'm not going to need that savings at defense with all of the value at the other spots. I think the one that stands out to me the most, they're going to be popular, but it's the Denver Broncos. They're playing against Daniel Jones and against the New York Giants. Now they are on the road, a little bit of a downgrade from when they're at home, but at just 3-3, I like them a little bit. Obviously the uh, San Francisco 49ers playing against the Lions, and they're going to be popular, but they're the most expensive. I think the Patriots are interesting at 3-9. Uh, they obviously always historically year to year pretty good on defense. They get Tua and the Miami Dolphins. I don't mind the Miami Dolphins defense, to be honest, in this matchup against a rookie quarterback, Mac Jones. No, he did well, great in the preseason, won the job. But week one, I love to find these really good defenses against rookie quarterbacks because they're not going to see anything like they saw, even though he was at Alabama. This isn't an SEC defense. This is one of the best defenses, if not maybe by the end of the season, the best defense in the National Football League in the Miami Dolphins. I like them quite a bit. And then down lower, I mean, you have to at least think about the Jaguars and the Texans, right? Jaguars, probably my preference against Tyrod Taylor and really Brandon Cooks, pretty much the only skill position of, I guess, NFL level talent that's left on this Houston Texans team. So probably a couple of others in there that we could look at, but those are some that I have my eye on early in the week. Yeah. I really like the Jacksonville call. I'll start with that just because Houston to me is just, you know, they're, they're already look, they just traded Roby away. Like they're just looks like they're just saying we're done with it. Obviously all the controversy around Deshaun Watson, he's on the roster, but not likely to play a single snap all season, unless something breaks his way. And in those cases, and whatnot, we won't comment on that here, but I just think in general, that's kind of the idea there. It looks like they're just trying to sort of end the season early while they still have to play through it. So uh, Jacksonville makes sense. You could pair them if you wanted, just talking out of my head here, just saying like, if you want to get James Robinson and give him another go or a whirl, give it a shot. I think that could work. Uh, obviously sucked for Travis Etienne where he, he had his spot and now the, the injuries, man. I'm a big Ravens fan. If you guys go out and watch this season, this show with us all season, you got to know that. They are just going and dropping like flies, uh, you know, real quick on that. It wasn't bad day today for the Ravens. Very bad day. I wish everyone the best. I hope, you know, I'm, I'm not mm. a bad guy. I, I'm, they're, I'm human. I hope they're all okay and wish them the best in the recovery. But I'll tell you what, the, the Marcus Peters is the one I have the biggest trouble with because running backs, I'm not saying they're all replaceable. These are all great guys. I love J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, all these guys. But I think Lamar is the running back anyway. We all know it's a running joke, but he is. I, I'm, as long as he's okay, I feel okay about it. You can't really replace your cornerback one. And a guy as good as Marcus Peters, that really stings. But getting back to defense here, JT, and I'll round us out. Just want to say, I like Jacksonville. Uh, one guy you brought up earlier, this would be sort of an off-the-wall play, and then I'll give my final strategy and we'll get out of here, is Minnesota. Again, they're like you mentioned, they're on the road, but you talked about it earlier. What if Joe Burrow's a little bit shaky? A lot of people are playing Cincinnati D. I'm going opposite side of that. I think Cincinnati and Philly will both be popular with how cheap they are and just the way it sets up. Sorry, Atlanta, with how cheap they are going against who they're going against in Hertz there. And you've got those situations as they set up. But I, I don't see the value as much in Cincy. Like Kirk Cousins sort of does his thing, finds his guys. They're going to run it a bunch with Dalvin Cook, who doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I don't really see as much value in the Cincy D as I actually do on the opposite side. And people have seen it many weeks where you've got a defense and they're like, oh, of course the other defense goes off. But what if he's shaky coming back, Burrow? What if, you know, we're talking about Jamar Chase having the drops. And what if he can, has a drop where it drops into the hands of the other side and they take it to the house? And, you know, mixing his looks good and the price is right. But what if that doesn't work out? So a lot of what ifs. But I do think there's definitely validity there to 
the thought that they could have themselves a pretty good game, even on the road, very well coached team, very disciplined team, expect a lot out of them. So I think that would be interesting there. Uh, lastly for me, JT, and then I'll flip it to you for any final thoughts, just so many options. Everyone will say this to you. It's pretty common strategy now to just space it out because it's such a high variance position. It's not a spot that I typically like to eat the highest, you know, own plays of the week because it's just, there's so many other variables and it's just a unique onesie spot, almost like tight end where it's just one spot and the quarterback one spot. The thing about quarterback though, is it links to all your stacks and your game stacks and your run it backs and all these factors tight end can fall into that. Some defense is just defense, find a matchup you like and play it. You can pretty much make a case on week one for any of them. So uh, those are a couple I like any final thoughts on defense and then just the entire slate in general. And I'll take us home. Yeah. I like that call on Minnesota, just 3.0 on DraftKings, And then like I said, it, it, for me, I think the majority of my teams, it's either going to be Denver against a turnover-prone Daniel Jones. They may or may not have Saquon Barkley. They may He may be limited because they come right back and play on Thursday. And then just $100 cheaper than Minnesota, Miami Dolphins against a rookie. It's just a spot I target every single year. These rookies are going to get hit with different things, especially in the regular season. And you talk about a electric defense i think that's the miami dolphins so we'll be talking about it on saturday and all throughout the rest of the week at runpuresports.com yeah check us out there use promo code rps nfl 15 definitely want to check it out the off the chalk show on saturday if you like this show you'll get more of us with others and we'll be going through breaking down the slate we'll have better ownership projections at that point i think week one is kind of moot point a little bit but at the same time there's definitely a lot to still talk about there i just mean more in today's show friday morning versus saturday afternoon probably won't be as much of a big change but most weeks or the upcoming weeks especially week two you'll want to be there because that's where everybody overreacts to week one uh lastly jt let the people know where they can find you i know many on mayo media network already know you from baseball shows from the bang bang plays i was certainly following along i'm a big fan but let the people know where they can find you and then i'll get us out of here yeah, at JT Hayes Jr. on Twitter.com. And of course, at RunPureSports.com. I'm there in the Discord most days out of the week with baseball wrapping up. Obviously, we did core plays and things like that, slate strategies, the live shows there. And then on NFL, uh, going to be in there quite a bit during NFL season, three, four days a week, different pieces of content, as well as the Mayo, Mayo Media Network. Yeah, love doing the show with you, man. I'm excited for the season ahead. We appreciate all you guys tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. You can find me at Run Pure Sports. We already mentioned it. RPS NFL 15, doing a lot. I do both NFL and PGA. If you haven't found my stuff there, I've got the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast for the PGA with Kenny Kim. You guys might have seen that before. Definitely check that out. Remember, as Mayo would always say, to smash the like button. Subscribe. Make sure you guys get on. Go to Prize Picks. Use promo code MMN. Other than that, thank you and good luck.